for six. Folks, I'm, I'm just glad to be here because <laughs> it's been a rough morning. <laughs> okay, so Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, um, and your feet shod of the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the, uh, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Okay, so we are in our Ephesians 6 uh, regular handout. Uh, actually, we're, we're in the handout of the handout. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody need the uh, Ephesians 6 uh, handout? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Let me see if I... Okay. And now, we also... I'll, Melissa, this is also the handout of the handout. Okay. Here's two, two of these. <clears throat> we have two Ephesians 6s? Uh, two of those. How do you make copies of I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'll be making copies. Very good. Thank you. Everybody praise the Lord from Melissa. <laughs> okay. So in your regular handout, just to get us caught up on where we are, we're on page uh, eight, uh, 7. Uh, at the bottom, it's number 8. It says, Prayer for the man of God, an important leader on, this, on the battlefield of spiritual warfare. We're on letter D that is not in these notes, but it's in my notes, which is also in your handout, which is Ambassadors of Family Business. And so um, we are on the, the last part of that verse where uh, Paul says, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we've been looking at a family business for there's ambassadors, a family business for a couple of weeks now. The fam- just catch you up on there. That we're on number one, the family. We are called to be part of his family and his work. Number two, the business. Uh, the Lord Jesus knew from the beginning he, would, he was to be about his father's work. And when he becomes our father, we also need to be about his, our father's work. And then number three is the cost. We've been on that already. And uh, bonds or imprisonment are a possibility for those who follow Christ. And the Lord wants us to count the cost. And so uh, we've uh, been on that. And then number four is where we are now. No, we're not. We haven't quite gotten there yet. <laughs> My mind is a mess. You guys be praying for me, please. So um, we, we did uh, number one is Paul was you. Um, so bonds or imprisonment are a possibility for those who follow Christ. And the Lord wants us to count the cost. And uh, we looked at those two verses. And then number one, Paul was uniquely qualified in this subject. And uh, we saw in Acts chapter 9 where the Lord said, I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And uh, in Philippians 1.29, uh, he says, For unto you it is given uh, in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. I believe that's what it says. In uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 22, and this is Paul again, he says, But none of these things move me. He says, Everywhere he goes, the Holy Spirit bears witness of the, the ways in which he's going to suffer as he goes to Jerusalem. 
He says in verse 24, he's speaking to the Ephesians uh, there in Acts. He says, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord, Lord Jesus, to testify the grace, uh, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And then we looked at Second Timothy, where he says, uh, this is his uh, swan song, I guess you could say, where he says, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And may God help us, again, to walk with God and to do the things that he tasks each and every one of us. Listen, if, we're, if you're saved, you're going to be called to serve. And you're going to be called to step out of, no matter where you are, you'll be asked to step out of a comfort zone. And when you get there, more than likely you're going to be step, called to step out of that comfort zone all the way to the very end. That's God's will for our lives. Not that we be comfortable or that we be you know, uh, in a place of no conflict, I, I think that's what we all desire most of the time is, Lord, please save me from this conflict. Lord, save me out of this this situation that I don't want to be in. Lord, please deliver me. Now, sometimes God, praise the Lord, does answer those prayers, but sometimes it's God's will that you be in them. And uh, we're, Melissa and I were listening to James. It's been a rush all morning, so we're <laughs> listening to James on the way over. And uh, and. James chapter one talks about how, you know, count yourself blessed when you fall into diverse temptations. You know, when you fall into diverse different kinds of trouble and trying. Listen, God, if he left us in the state he was or we were in when he found us. Listen, that would not be a good father. And he is a good father. He knows what we need and he is constantly raising us to grow into the image of Christ. That's God's will for our lives, not that we stay comfortable. And it's, it's our place to understand that. He's going to call us, teach us, and not just teach us to change us, but to be involved in warfare. The Lord Jesus fought and, and won the most important battle that mankind has ever faced. He came to this earth and he fought the battle that we could not fight nor win. Jesus fought that battle for us and won. It's our place to also be involved in spiritual warfare with the Lord. Welcome, folks. I, I, it's been such a rush. I didn't get a chance to say anything, but glad to have you here this morning. And uh, so also in your notes, it's not in your notes, but it's in mine. And this is uh, uh, therein. So in back in Ephesians chapter six, Paul says, for which I am an ambassadors and I am an ambassador in bonds. Thank you, Brother Bob. Grandma's late. <laughs> she gets a pass for being late today. When the teacher was late, she gets to be late, too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, Miss Marion. Wow. Glad to have you, Miss Marion. <laughs> okay. So, so for which, uh, verse, back in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So just thinking about the thought that Paul says, therein. And in Paul's specific prayer in Ephesians 6.20 is for boldness while in bonds for Christ as his ambassador. And, I, and again, you know, I think the world is constantly training us not to be bold. And therefore, when we are being punished or in bonds and facing persecution or challenges for doing the right things, listen, our, our own, I can't speak for anybody else, but my mind just doesn't want to go there. I shouldn't be happy. I should be complaining. And yet Paul, you know, Paul and, and Silas and, and Acts, in Acts chapter 16, they sang songs at midnight. And the prisoners heard them. 
And it gave glory to God. Matter of fact, I think God was so pleased that you saw the whole place shaken. And the chains fell off. The doors swung open. The, 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 uh, the guard woke up. <laughs> and he, th- he figured, uh, he woke up, he saw the doors open, he figured the prisoners would have been fled. Sutra had a sword to kill himself because things do not go well for Roman guards when your prisoners are gone. And so when he drew his sword to kill himself, Paul said, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And the point is, listen, folks, and that, that guard, he ends up running into Paul's cell and saying, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, if Paul and Silas had been like a lot of us, and I do mean us, <laughs> when bad things happen, the thing that naturally flows out of my mouth is, woe is me, this ain't fair. <laughs> And that's why we need the Holy Spirit's help to overcome our infirmities and help us to stand for Christ and, and see beyond our circumstances. And uh, folks, I all the time am persuaded by my circumstances, not even just what's happening to me, but how I feel. You know, have you ever felt like God was telling you to do something you just didn't feel like doing? I have <laughs> many times. I can't tell you how many times I get here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Man, I am not feeling spiritual. <laughs> is there an amen? I would like to hear an amen if there is one. Okay, good. <laughs> I just don't feel spiritual. Listen, that's, that's sort of the point. Is It's never us. It's never our wisdom, our power, our eloquence. It's always God 100% of the time. Miss Cassandra? On those days when I'm not feeling spiritual, it almost Yeah. Amen. I have seen that too. I, I've told you guys before about how uh, one day I was, so I think I was on my way to work, and I was just feeling so, you know, run down, overcome, and, and just, I was feeling like a jelly, I guess. And uh, I felt like the Lord told me, why don't you sing a song? You know, sing a, sing a hymn. And uh, and I, I just said, Lord, I don't feel like singing a song. <laughs> But I listen, folks, I was about as low as, as I get. <laughs> I get pretty low, I guess. And listen, as soon as I started singing, I just started singing, Jesus Loves Me. And as soon as I started singing that, like the, the Spirit lifted my burdens off my heart, off my mind, and sent to me joy and peace, strength, and I, my cup overflowed. And folks, that's what happens, I think, many times when you step out, but not every time. It's not always going to be... You know, I think it's God giving us the training that we need. It's never about how you feel. Never about, I feel strong and I feel spiritual. Let me go do something for God today. Folks, God doesn't call us like that. He calls us to go, and it doesn't matter how you feel. He calls us to obey God, and it doesn't matter how you feel. He calls us to follow His leading. And Satan is constantly impressing upon us why you can't. And a lot of times it's based upon things that aren't even relevant. God never said, hey, if you feel happy, be, ha- be, be, be joyous in the Lord. No, that's not the case. We can be joyous in the Lord because of who he is and how much he loves us and what he has done, how he has proved it with his love. Folks, our place is to glory and rejoice in the Lord every day and serve and obey him. And folks, we need to not listen to all of the other voices, all the other voices inside and outside. Anything that deters from what God says 
you put that voice aside. We can't always do away with them. Uh, there's a, our pastor, uh, Tony Self, from many, many years ago, used to be a pastor of this church. He used to say, you, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you sure can't stop one from building a nest there. <laughs> and man, that's good. <laughs> Miss Mary? <laughs> Are you trying to get me in trouble, Miss Mary? <laughs> More prone to the emotional side of doing stuff or not doing stuff or thinking, you know how. Um, let me let me say this. I, I would say that there is. I, I have to be careful how I say this, and I'm not joking either. But uh, the the truth is, I think that women are quicker in good ways and in bad ways to respond. I, in my personal experience, I have seen so many times in churches where the wife, the mother, is bringing everybody else to church mm-hmm. because God has impressed it upon her to do so. And the husband is just coming to make keep peace. <laughs> you know, wow. Listen, that ain't good. The man, the man is the spiritual leader of the home. And let me say, there's been many things. Uh, when we started reading devotions with our kids, we used to read the Bible every day with our kids. When we started doing that, it was Melissa's idea. You know, and so do I think that they're more emotional? I guess I don't feel qualified to, to, to make that, that call. <laughs> I know what I have seen is that they seem quicker to respond to God. And maybe there are also aptitudes of emotions uh, in many different ranges. Well, so I don't, I don't know if I would say that that's always true all the time. I think that men are slower to respond in a lot of ways, spiritually and in many ways, I, I, I guess. So. I, Mm-hmm. What you just said is so true. And what happened in my case, I, you know, I was ready to go, woo, woo, mm-hmm. woo, with the Lord. And I did that, and then it dawned on me, nobody was joining me, though right. I married a godly man. Huh. And I was um, overdoing it. Okay. And so then the time that I finally got in my brain, wait a minute, it's not your place. Right. And so then I laid back on it, and within six weeks, he was saying, let's go to church. And Amen. I was like, and I didn't respond like, really? <laughs> I was just so thrilled. Amen. Know? And then he continued on. Well, and, and that, that, you know, that's a pretty good point, too, because a lot of times, like, you know, as my kids have gotten older, it's been, it's been a challenge for me um, because, I, you know, they, they have to make their own decisions. Now, my youngest is 21. And so all of my kids are all well into their young adult years. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see in them all all the time that aptitude for good decision making. <laughs> and anyway, it's it, I have felt like and I don't know, I hope I'm I hope I'm not wrong, but I felt like the message I'm consistently getting is it's time to step back and let God do what he's going to do. Now, while we still had kids at home and I my my my. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. They leave home before they actually leave home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're already on their own and doing their own thing before they even leave the house. And so um, uh, that's that's very frustrating. And uh, But our place is, is there comes a time where we're, we're no longer their teachers. We're no longer. I feel like God taught me that uh, several years ago, you know, and I, I felt very concerned about their about their walk most of my kids most of the time (laughs) and uh i felt concerned that they're you know they weren't strong with their devotion to the lord i I, you know they all have a testimony of being saved and i take them at their word 
and I hope that they all are, um, but they don't all show a, a desire to serve God. Um, they don't all show a, a tenacity of sticking close to the Lord. Um, I also don't believe that we, we had many people telling us as we were raising our kids that, uh, you know, you raise them like this and as soon as they get the chance, they're going to they're going to rebel. They're going to you're going to go 180 out, you know, because worst kids are preacher's kids. And <laughs> folks, that's just not true. Now, they may make their own decisions, but they won't be worse because you tried to raise them in, the, in a godly way. That's just that's just not right. Um, my, my kids, I, I anyway, I, that's not that's enough about me. The point is, is that I feel like God's still teaching me. That's my point. You know, God's still teaching me to trust in him about family, about everything. And, you know, and, and like I said, I feel like every every good thing that, that has come into our lives was never my doing. It was always the Lord's and it was always God putting it there, you know, and not letting me touch it until I saw the value of it <laughs> before. I, oh, OK, well, this needs to be here, I guess. <laughs> and so, um, yes, I, I think we're all prone to different kinds of poles on us. I think Satan, uh, you know, he it's like uh, it's another thing Tony Self said was he's seen a thousand Tony Selfs come along. He knows exactly how to tempt each one of us to 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 turn aside and to not to not not keep it staying in the fight. And so, again, back to where we are is therein Paul's specific prayer in Ephesians 620 is for boldness while in bonds for Christ as his ambassador. And our place is to not let our circumstances determine whether or not we're rejoicing in the Lord. And we're going to, I have it in my notes at the last thing of, of this this handout, is, is Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I, I do believe that that passage, it, it can almost apply in two different ways. When God is moving in your life and you're paying attention to the Lord and loving and serving him, and you're joyous about it, that's going to be where you're strong. I believe that's a good application. I also believe it's the Lord's joy when we're obeying him that is our strength. You know, And so sometimes you make the right decision because that's what God wants you to do, not because you're joyous about doing it, but you said, this is what God wants me to do. I better do it. Listen, folks, that's 99% of the time for me anyway. I mean, recognizing God has a right to, as my heavenly father, he has a right to tell me how to walk. And so I may not feel joyous about doing anything for the Lord. And just like we were saying at the beginning, I don't know if you were here, uh, but, but most of the time when, when, you know, it seems like anything God's telling me to do, I'm doing it because God has a right to tell me to do it. And it's not until after I start that I start having the blessings of being there doing it. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> you guys, are you guys here getting any of this? <laughs> okay. All right. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's what your kids see, is if you're joyful all the time, whether they come with you to church or not, Mm -hmm. you're excited about it. That's going to make a bigger impression where you decide to make them stay in the room all day because they didn't come to church. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're satisfied with your relationship with Christ. So if you're living a powerful life in Christ, it makes a bigger impression. Well, and, and I think being being sour and frustrated and angry all the time, that's that's where I often am. You know, being frustrated that things aren't different, you know, and, and very clearly, I cannot change people's minds for them. You can only control yourself. I, right, exactly. And so there comes a point, and, and that's something I feel like God taught me like five or six years ago before most of the kids have moved out, that, um, you know, that they need new teachers. I'm not, I'm not their teacher anymore. Now, like you said, 
It's our place to be an example. And, and that's not to say that I think I'm a, a wonderful example. It's just that we just need to keep walking with God. And we just need to keep and, and stop being frustrated. And she, as far as I can tell, she doesn't struggle with this. <laughs> you know. But I am constantly dealing with being frustrated that things aren't different. Yeah. I was going to say, I homeschooled them and spent my whole life trying to make little missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted them all to be missionaries because I wanted to be a missionary, but I had all these kids and I couldn't go. So um, anyway, I, I went through my phase of, I can't, I can't, they're their own people. Yeah. You were 28 before you started living for God. Mm-hmm. Our oldest just turned 29. You know, she goes to church. She teaches at a church. You Christian always bring school. that up, but no, no, the no, difference being that I wasn't raised in church. We, you and I both her, tripped Mary, and stumbled along. Mary, Mary Magdalene loved more because she'd been forgiven more. Yeah, Kids amen. who've been protected, like guys like, right. don't do that, don't do that, don't right. do that, don't do that. Stop. You're going to regret that. They don't They don't experience the same forgiveness and the joy mm-hmm. of forgiveness. Yeah. People have been on the bottom and brought up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, missionaries so. don't just have to go to the hinterlands. Right. That's true. That's true. And they're not, they're they're not, I, they're not bad kids. It's just that, like I said, I... I aimed this high. (laughs) I was aiming way up there. And I've got good citizen kids who every one of them voted as far as I know. Every one of them are great workers and get promotions on a regular basis. Every one of them. Stop bragging on your kids. But you're making them sound like they're missionary. They are representing their rearing and their their relationship with God. I would have been happy if they'd been living in a hut eating rice. (laughs) You know, that was my goal. Well, the other the other thing about that is the calling uh, the calling and gifts of God are all, are without repentance. I can't remember exactly. Anybody know how exactly how that verse goes? The calling the of gifts God. And the of, uh, gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And so whatever God calls them to do, gifts them to do, and and, and praise the Lord. We just had one of our kids talk to us about about uh, about about being a pastor, and I I didn't know if he was still concerning that or not. I mean, he, they don't talk to us about those things. So um, anyway, but we, we just spent what, what, an hour. We, we, we dropped something off at his house, and, uh, and, uh, and, he, and we started talking about the Lord and things. And, and it was a blessing hearing that. It was a blessing hearing that that, that desire was still in his heart. So uh, you, you guys want me to start? I'll, I'll just put a, a chart with each of their names, and we'll, we'll just start talking, talking about every one of them. <laughs> one, of our, one of our daughters specifically says, Dad, don't bring this up in Sunday school. <laughs> Honey, they know you by name. (laughs) Okay, so um, here's where I wanted to follow that up with. So let me read this again. Paul's specific prayer in Ephesians 6.20 is for boldness while in bonds for Christ as his ambassador. And I have this note underneath that. Being bold for Christ will embolden others. And so please turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. <clears throat> Philippians 1 verse 12 but ye should understand ye should understand brethren that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel this is Paul in prison I'm pretty sure he's in bonds in Philippians and he says but the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And again, like in Acts, you know, here Paul, if he was, woe is me, this isn't fair, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I'm just saying out loud the things that I, I feel like I would be tempted to th- say and think and feel. 
Paul isn't focusing on that. He is persuaded that God is using his situation where he is at. And if you remember the Lord Jesus, we, we read it, it's there in your notes, that uh, in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, go thy way, this is the Lord Jesus speaking to Ananias about Paul. He says, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And folks, we just don't, we just don't go there with our minds that God's will for my life is that I suffer. But God is going to call many of us, maybe, maybe a lot of us in the future, have some sort of suffering that is related to a way that we would not have chosen. I, does anybody choose suffering? But what I'm saying is, is like uh, Corey Ten Boom, I'm sure she didn't plan her life thinking that she would be spending her most, may, maybe her most important years of her life in a Nazi uh, uh, concentration camp. That was God's will for her life. Listen, that's part of the message that... that that whatever Satan says, I don't have to have, you know, all the accoutrements of life to be joyous in the Lord. It's a matter of kind of proving whether or not your faith is real. That's what happened with Job. You know, Job had riches. He had a, a full house of blessings. He had full. He had ten children. I don't. Remember, I remember how many I mean, children he had the first. Anyway, the point is, is didn't he have ten, ten children? He did. Ten, ten, can't talk. He did have ten children. So anyway. Satan's accusation was, does Job worship God God for naught? In other words, Lord, you've taken good care of him. He knows that you've been good to him. That's why he's worshiping you. And the challenge was, Job would not worship you, but he would curse you to your face if you took these things from him. So God let him take everything. How about that? God let, ta- let Satan take everything. He, he took, and, and, and praise God, for this passage we have in the beginning of the book of Job, the Lord hath given, the Lord hath taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. That took extraordinary faith. Remember, it wasn't just loss of stuff. He lost children. And, and in the next chapter, his wife, I think it's fair to argue that maybe the nearest person to him in his life came to, say, came to him and said the very words that Satan wanted Job to say. Do you retain your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Now, folks, that would be enough to do me in. <laughs> I was kind of discouraged this weekend. <laughs> you guys, I'm just going to get a little couch, and I'm going to lay down on the couch, and I'm going to get therapy, and I'm not going to pay for you guys. <laughs> anyway, I was a little discouraged. <laughs> and just, just, uh, just, I don't know, seemed like it was the perfect moment. She kissed the top of my bald spot and, uh, and, and told me she loved me and, and, and some other words that were a blessing to me. And uh, where was I going with all that? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, thank you. <laughs> she didn't say that. Praise God. <laughs> so, Amen. <laughs> Uh, she was encouragement to me, and uh, yeah, but and, and I don't think we should, you know, I, I think that Job's wife was being attacked probably as much as Job was being attacked. But anyway, the point is, is that she said the very thing that Satan, that Satan wanted Job to say, and Job said, um, you know, um, now speak as one of the foolish men. Yeah, uh, shall we accept, shall we accept good at the hand of the Lord and not evil, you know? And th- and the Bible says he he refused to speak 
speak evil with his mouth. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And so then you're the rest of the book of Job. You see Satan doing, every, I believe, everything in his power. Job was cursed with boils, painful boils. He had his, I guess, closest three friends come and accuse him of secret sin. You know, every, I, I, I think, you know, they, they say Job is the first book written in the Bible. You know, I can understand that. <laughs> if that's what God wanted us to receive first, is listen, Satan may come gunning for you. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Now listen, folks, the world teaches us all kinds of things. They teach, they teach a lot of Christian parents to put their kids above God. You know, and, and don't ever teach your children to be this or that. They need to go to college. They need to get that, that, that six-figure job. They need to have all these things. And then if you can find time, then encourage them to do something for God. Listen, the world is constantly... De-teaching, what's the right word? Unteaching you, trying to teach you the reverse of what it is God wants you to learn. Yeah, the pro. Thank you. That's exactly right. The, as He is trying to program us, and God teaches us to obey, obey in faith. And we've had a, a theme of that this morning going on this morning. Praise the Lord for that. And folks, it is is always going to be true that God is going to want us to do what He tells us to do in faith, and many times contradicting how you feel and it's very important that we understand that and I, I folks I, I think that this kind of thing this is like classroom training life is is the real training you know I, I remember that from boot camp we had classroom training you know firearms training uh, fighting fires all that stuff Chris remember <laughs> you know you have all this stuff and then you go out and do it for real for in, in the practice field I remember with a I, I never fought a real fire but man, I remember going through a burning building, uh, you know, and you got, you got instructors all around trying to make sure you don't kill yourself or anybody else. But uh, let me tell you, that was still pretty hairy. And uh, and that's because fighting a fire on a ship is, you know, I, I, the USS Stark was uh, years before I joined the Navy and nine sailors died fighting the fires. That so was by an exocet missile fired by Iran. Iran's never been our friend. <laughs> And so, um, anyway, the Paul's specific prayer in Ephesians 6 is for boldness while in bonds. And being bold for Christ uh, in, uh, can embolden others in bonds. And, um, and so it's perspective. That's, that's the important thing for us is that things... Uh, I, I love what Paul says there in verse 12 of Philippians 1. But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. I don't know if Paul had people that were feeling sorry for him or what. But he says, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened in me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel. And that's where Paul is understanding that the things that God is calling him to do or be a part of or go through is furthering the gospel of God. If you'll remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, people often think of these things as Sunday school stories. Man, they are, they are, they are very important things for us to, to get way down deep in our hearts. God does not always save you from the fire. Sometimes God wants you to go through the fire, but the one of the, probably the most important factor in this is not the Babylonians, not the, 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 the you know all, everything else. It was that the Son of God was seen in the fire by Nebuchadnezzar. Listen, folks, it's so important that we understand that God may call us to go through something that we would never choose for ourselves and. and <laughs> Boy, to say the least, sometimes we would avoid it with all costs. At, at every cost, I must avoid that. And yet, 
Folks, it may be true that God is going to specifically call you to go through that to bring glory to God in some way that we could never see on this side. Aren't you thankful for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being in that fire, coming out of it without the smell of fire in their garments, not even their hairs singed? The Bible says even their hosen weren't moved. <laughs> I don't know why they wore hosen, but... <laughs> But it wasn't it was intact, man. <laughs> Slew the the what the four mightiest men of the Chaldean army when they opened the doors. Those three young men went through the fire, and the Son of God was seen with them. Do you ever wonder whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could see the Son of God in the fire? We don't have any record of whether they did or not. But Nebuchadnezzar did. Folks, you ever you ever wonder whether or not you are seeing the most important thing of your trial? Maybe somebody else is seeing the most important thing about your trial. Our place is to hold on to the Lord Jesus with all of our might, all of the time. <laughs> and obviously, in trials, that's where we hold on the hardest. And uh, I, I can't, Melissa and I, both of us, miss the days when our kids were young. And they needed us. And they wanted us around. I can't tell you how many times I had kids come back come back down the stairs after everybody else went to bed to talk about something that was scaring them or on their hearts that they needed to talk about. And they don't, they don't need that from, from us as much anymore. That's, that's okay. That's God's will. Brother Chris uh, mentioned uh, something about the time. I ignored him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Um, so it's the perspective. He says uh, that um, Paul said that the things have happened and be happening to the furtherance of the gospel. And uh, and I thank God that, that Paul could see in the middle of where he was that God was using this for his glory and that the gospel might be spread. Paul knew what, what his job was. Paul was to spread the gospel. And got, Paul got to see the benefits of the gospel. He got to see the benefits of God in people's life, making all things new. He saw Timothy. He saw Titus. He saw also brothers and sisters turn away. Uh, Demas forsook him at the end. And other brothers uh, turned away. So Paul saw it all. Listen, our place is to trust in God. Our place is to do what God calls us to do with all of our heart and hold on to him all the time and know that he's doing things that we may or may not see what he's doing. Our place is to have faith and obey. So we're going to have to close right there. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. And we do thank you, Lord, that you are always working. And I thank you for all the examples in Scripture that teach us precepts that, that inform our hearts and our minds how to see our world and how to see by faith and walk by faith and have confidence and faith and boldness in you. We do pray for every one of us, Lord, that you give us boldness in, in our Lord Jesus to share and to shine and to, to be joyous in the Lord. And Lord, uh, we just pray that you please move in our lives for your glory and your honor. And we pray for our families. We pray that you help us, Lord, to, to not be anxious, not be frustrated or angry, 
but help us to quickly turn to you, take all of our concerns to you, lift up our loved ones, and know that you'll work. And I pray that you give us the faith to walk with you no matter what our circumstances are. Lord, we do lift up to you Cody and his procedure coming up. We pray that you please uh, bless him in a great way. Uh, pray that uh, that the surgery would be successful or procedure would be successful, whatever it is, or the, the, uh, the things that he's going to have. And we also pray for Miss Pat, and we pray for uh, her continued recovery, and other people that in our in our congregation, Miss Sandy, all of them uh, wanting uh, your help and healing. We pray that you please grant that, and we pray for our country. We pray for your help for us, Lord, that whatever happens in our our country around us, you'd help us to stand for Christ and to shine for you. And we pray that you do great works in all of our lives. And please bless in the coming hour for your glory and honor. And we thank you for getting us here in this time we've had together. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thank you.